This is The Bouquet Toss, a wedding planning podcast brought to you by TheBudgetSavvyBride.com to help you decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. Welcome back to The Bouquet Toss. You know that we love a savvy hack over at The Budget Savvy Bride, and we're so excited to focus today's episode on time and efficiency hacks to reduce stress while planning your wedding. With us to discuss is Chris Hutchins, the ultimate life and financial optimizer who loves doing all the research to get the best experience in life without the expensive price tag. As the host of the chart-topping podcast, All the Hacks, Chris has no shortage of tips and tricks for couples who want to have their dream wedding and honeymoon while sticking to a budget and avoiding stress. Chris is a registered financial advisor and a travel agent. He's racked up over 10 million points and miles, traveled to over 60 countries, mostly for free, and has been an entrepreneur twice. His work has been featured in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, CNBC, and more. So we can't wait to get started learning his tips and tricks. We are so excited to have you, Chris. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. To set the stage, I'm like the, uh, between my wife and I, like the person who's like, I want to plan, whether it's a trip or anything, I want to organize the information, I want to create the spreadsheets. So when we were planning our wedding, I was the person I was like, let me take on the project. That doesn't mean I need to decide the flowers. That doesn't mean I need to decide all the details. I'll just be the organizer. So I think one of the easiest way, time management, wedding and otherwise, is not to just create this endless to-do list, but to actually calendar and schedule that. Now, that doesn't mean because a wedding plan might take you months to figure out, that doesn't mean you need to come up with a plan and say at two o'clock on Friday, but it can say it can be, you know, week one, this is what we're going to focus on week two or next month. And you can kind of put it in and spread it later. Once you figured out the things, let's say, let's just focus on one and just break it down. It might feel really daunting to pick a venue, right? Like super daunting. So maybe you say, okay, well, ultimately we need to pick a venue. But let's break every big task into a bunch of small things that are really easy to start right away. So break, I'm making this up on the fly, but picking a venue might be, okay, well, to pick a venue, we first need to go on some tours. But to go on tours, we need to figure out uh, you know, a short list. To get a short list, we just need to get the list. So it's like, okay, well, the first thing I'm going to do today is just look at all the venues in this. Pl- or maybe you don't even know where you want to get married. It's like, maybe we got to figure out where. Okay, so today we're just going to talk about cities. We're not going to talk about what we want in the venue, what an ideal venue is. It's just where. Let's just have a conversation tonight at dinner about where in the world we would like to get married. And then you could do the rest later. I love that. It's like reverse engineering and starting on like this big macro level. And I would say find some place to organize this. All right, right now, my favorite place to put information like this is Notion. Um, There's a free plan. I put everything there. Um, I didn't have notion when I was planning the wedding, but I was just pulling up where, how we planned for when we had a kid. And it was like, there are a million decisions to make when you're about to have a kid, but we were like, here are only the decisions we need to make in the first trimester. And like here, and we created a board where it's like first trimester plan, second trimester plan, third trimester plan, fourth trimester plan, like after the kid comes and then we stack ranked them. And it was like, okay, let's just go one by one. This is the only thing we're focused on now. So in my day job, I'm a product manager, which is like, you know, when you're building software, it's organizing everything. It's like, so I apply this lens of how do I professionally organize information and track tasks to almost every project I have. Then my wife's there, we can comment on each other. So when we are actually in the planning stages, stuff like that can come up. There are so many points that you made that I want to touch on. First of all, like tech tools, such a huge game changer when it comes to organizing anything. 
you know, I think a lot of people are like paper and pen people, but in today's digital age, I think utilizing these, especially free tech tools is so great for the collaboration available and all of that. I personally haven't used Notion a ton, but I see like raving fans of it everywhere. Not to add to your workload, Jess, but I kind of think, I mean, maybe it might exist already. Somebody may have made a template out there for wedding planning, but it's kind of genius. Maybe you should. Uh, oh, yeah. Make that notion. notion wedding planning template. Like we don't say it as often as maybe we should. But part of being savvy in life, but also like in your wedding planning is actually just using technology that exists. At this point, there is technology for so much that like you need help with in your life. And so especially when it comes to wedding planning, like if there's something you're thinking, oh, I wish this existed to make this thing easier, it probably does exist. So something that we've talked about on our show a lot is travel hacking your honeymoon by paying for wedding expenses with your credit card and then using the credit credit card points to pay for your honeymoon trip. Like, can you talk a little bit about other ways that you can get the most out of hidden credit card benefits as it applies to wedding? Ooh, this is a good one. Um, So there are a ton of benefits that most of your credit cards have that most people don't actually know about. So we buy a lot of things for weddings. So one thing to keep in mind is anytime you buy something, if it breaks within usually 90 to 120 days, depending on your credit card company, you can get it replaced. So anything you need to buy, you buy, you know, vases for flower arrangements and they break. Yes, uh, you know, you might have a return policy, but usually that's not if it's broken. If you're the DIY wedding person who's buying all the stuff, definitely like you're spending a lot. And so I'd make sure that if anything breaks, if anything gets lost, if anything, anything like that, um, you're covered. I know you've talked in the past about points to rack up for honeymoon, so we don't need to go deep there. But one thing that I did, which, you know, your mileage may vary whether this will work for you. But for us, we really wanted a videographer. And we looked into videography and it's super expensive. Um, If anyone listening hasn't looked into it yet, just like pretend it's going to cost 10 times what you think. Uh, But (laughs) so we found this videographer and she was amazing, but we couldn't afford it. We're like, we can't afford this line item on our budget, but I had racked up a bunch of freaking flyer miles. And so we were talking about our honeymoon and we said, we're really want to go to the Seychelles. It's like this obscure, crazy island that's beautiful. And uh, she was like, me too. I would love to go there. And I was like, oh. It's like, what if we send you and your husband to the Seychelles and then you do the wedding for free? And so she agreed other than like the cost of flights to get the team there in the hotel rooms, but like the actual cost of the videographer, she totally waived it. And we sent her and her husband to the Seychelles the next year. So I just like to think creatively anytime I'm talking to someone, if I can't afford it, you know, will you take a discount if I pay you cash? You know, like a lot of vendors will take cash discounts. Um, so I'm just trying to get creative every way I can. That's so smart. And I think that's one of the key components of being savvy is like doing the most with what you have and being like as resourceful as possible. So what you did have at your disposal is an excess of credit card points, which maybe you do need to share some ways to like rack those up a bit more. Cause how did you have so many extra that you could just give them to your wedding videographer? But we'll get back to that. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I think that's so brilliant. And I think borrowing, bartering, coming to some sort of compromise with vendors like is always a possibility. Yeah. If you work in marketing, can you help them or web design? Can you help them improve their business, make a website, uh, you know, run a campaign on Facebook for them? 
if you're a CPA, can you, you know, take over their tax business and offer to waive the fees for it? Like there are whatever skills you have, you might be able to barter them in ways that you didn't anticipate to bring the cost down, which we all know is like the biggest expense we're probably going to spend for a few years other than maybe Absolutely. a house. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, for example, like when I got married, I did work for my photographer. I did marketing work, design work, helped design wedding albums for her other clients, like email marketing, all sorts of stuff. And I basically like worked off my wedding photography balance by bartering my marketing and design skills to my photographer. So, you know, it really, you don't have to have like a creative outlet or creative skill set necessarily. Like you said, it could be anything from accounting services or it, maybe mowing their lawn. Like you don't know what people might need that you're going to like take something off of their plate. And, you know, it's a give and take an exchange. Yeah. I, I think it's amazing. I, like I just personally would never think to even entertain that idea. And I love that. Like, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I am talking to two very savvy hack people right now, but I think that also it kind of goes along the whole like theme of the Bouquet Toss podcast, which we're trying to throw out the idea that tradition is something you have to follow. And that's kind of what you're talking about with like these bartering systems for getting your wedding expenses paid for. Like if you can kind of just toss the idea, also like money isn't real. So let's just like, <laughs> let's like get that out of the way. And if you can toss the idea that we have to just be beholden to these printed pieces of paper and think about the fact that, yeah, like bartering for these things is something that a lot of people might actually find value in, then you also feel less controlled by the burden of a number that you're seeing at the top of your budget and having to meet that. I, well, you, it sounds like you need to go back and either read the book or listen to the episode I did with Jacob Goldstein, which was about the money that he wrote a book called Money, the True Story of a Made-Up Thing. So... Uh, that seems right up your alley. Thank uh, you. It was a fun interview. But I thought of one other like major time management hack slash unlock in wedding planning that for us was like the game changer. So back to weddings you've been to. And there are a handful of things that people remember. And then a bunch of things people forget. So for us, we were like, there are a few things we really care about. That's what we want people to remember. And then there are things that like are important, but they're not the thing. And so what we tried to do was we spent a little bit of extra time really getting to know the person we were going to hire, the vendor for a few things. And then we just did nothing. And they thought we were crazy. So we found Corey Cook Floral Design in Denver. And we met her and we were like, you just get it. Like, we think we just vibe correctly. You understand where we're going for flowers. And we were like, after the first meeting, we just knew that she got our style and we're like, great, you're in charge. And she was like, okay, so when do you want to review things? We're like, nope, that's it. Show up in three months with flowers. We don't care what they are. We don't care what they look like. We now feel like you get us, we get you. And like, we had one meeting, we paid an invoice, we gave her a budget and we never talked about flowers until we didn't even know what the flowers were going to be until the day of the wedding. Like we cared about flowers or, or let's put it, maybe my wife cared more than I did about flowers, but like, we cared enough to say this person is an expert in their field. We've looked at what they've done in the past. We've just talked to them about what we care about. I could give you feedback for the sake of feedback to try to make it like a little bit better, but they're fine. We did that for, I'm trying to think of all the vendors we did it for, but th there were more than one where we were just like, oh, seems like you get this. So you just do your thing. Now, 
We went deep on the ceremony. Some people might not care about the ceremony language and they might go to whoever the minister or person, um, you know, presiding over the ceremony, say, write whatever you want. For us, that was really important. So we spent a lot of time there and food for us was really important. So we spent a lot of time there and we set up all these like food stations from different countries we'd traveled to, but almost everything else, we were just like, yeah, you, you, you do this all the time. What kind of photos do we want? The good ones. Like you take good ones. We take like, <laughs> we like them. You got, you got to know us. Great. Just show up and take them and tell us where to be. I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> Let them bring it on. Let's well, do I mean, it. number one, like florals. Did you even give like a color scheme, like anything like that? Because that's like really hands off. That's like ultimate bride and groom chilla vibes where like you're the opposite yeah, my, of like bridezilla. You know what I mean? My wife really had opinions. But like if you find someone and you can spend 30, 45 minutes to, so they understand what you like, you know, we were, we didn't have, you know, I, neither of us, my wife's wearing a wedding dress that's white. Uh, I can't remember what all the bridesmaids dresses were like Navy. So it was like, okay, this is the colors, you know, them like I'm wearing yellow socks, but like, does that matter? Um, and we just kind of like let her run. And honestly, I think most people planning their weddings might have opinions on flowers, but they're like, they're not, they haven't been to a hundred weddings and thought about all the different flowers and how they might look. So let the person who is the best at doing this, like the person that's made a career out of it, do it. But the most important thing is finding the person that you can trust. And so spending the time to make sure that you can find that person that you trust at that level. And for us, look, if you're having a wedding in Colorado, like Corey Cook is like, you know, we just, we met her and we were like, you just get it. We, we just vibe. We trust you. Done. Next thing on the wedding. Let's not think about this anymore. I love that so much. I would say that that's probably every wedding vendor's dream is to get a client who says, yes, I will pay your fee and happily pay what your package costs for your professional expertise and you doing the best thing that you think in the situation. Like that's that's like client goals, I think, for most wedding vendors. And I didn't even think about this now, but there's so much hassle in all the back and forth. I wonder if I could have negotiated a bit and said, hey, if I'm willing to sign this and not, we don't have to talk at all for the next three months. You bring what I, <laughs> can I get 10% off? Like, because you, you, like, there's overhead baked into your price of having to deal with annoying clients. What if I commit to you now? And I'll even say, look, if we have to have even one call about flowers that I initiate, you could take off the discount. But like, I don't know. I just feel like they're, for the things that are not the most important thing, outsource them and don't worry about it. We did a similar thing with music, which was like we found an actual DJ, like a club DJ, not a wedding DJ. But they'd done weddings. But like their background wasn't just weddings. And we were like, we like this music. We don't like this music. Here's a Spotify play. Just do the rest. It was a similar, like, yes, we had a first dance. Like we had that song that we wanted to play. Like you can't mess that one up. But for the most part, I was like, this is not a call and request station. This is like, <laughs> let's have a good wedding and use your judgment. If people aren't dancing, change it. Don't be locked into whatever we said in advance. And then it was like, great. Come up with a playlist. Done. We don't have to think about it. The best decision we made was totally letting go on things that we could trust people to do. Well, that's one surefire way to not stress about your wedding is hire people you trust and say, do your thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we talk about it a lot, but there really is a balance of deciding to take things on yourself. If you're going to DIY your flowers, you can't just 
wake up one day and know how to put a bouquet together and know all of the different types of flowers and things and how they work together. And so if you're going to do something like that DIY, there's a learning curve. And if you go this other route where you pick a person that has no learning curve and you're able to just trust them and say, you go do this. Here's my Pinterest board. Do your magic. That is a hack for saving on time, stress, you know, everything like that. Because yeah, there are people that are doing this all the time. And I think that's a thing that a lot of people feel probably women, especially when they start wedding planning is like now they're on top of whatever their day job is. They're also an event planner. And maybe you don't have to feel like you have to become an event planner overnight. If you do something like Chris is saying, where you're allowing the people that are the actual experts to do their thing by setting them up well enough and then saying, let's release any of the control that we feel we have to have by allowing them to just like be the vendors that they are. Yep. While we're on the subject of hacks, this is a great one you need to know about. If you've been dreaming of beautiful bouquets, centerpieces, or a stunning floral arch for your big day, you may have experienced some sticker shock at the cost of fresh flowers. Maybe you've even considered DIYing your wedding flowers to save money, but that takes both time and effort, which let's be honest, not everyone has a ton of to spare these days. For all these reasons and more, savvy couples are loving the rent and return floral arrangements from Something Borrowed Blooms. They have over a dozen collections to choose from with various flower types to complement every wedding style and color scheme. Not only will their gorgeous arrangements save you time since you won't have to DIY, but you'll also save money. I'm talking 70% less when compared to similar arrangements with fresh flowers. Using Something Borrowed Blooms is so simple. Just log onto their website and select the pieces you want to use for your wedding. They'll ship them to you and you'll receive them three days before your wedding right to your doorstep. Use them and enjoy them, and then simply ship them back with the included prepaid return label. Renting your wedding flowers from Something Borrowed Blooms is simple, savvy, and stress-free. I seriously cannot recommend this savvy hack enough. Use code SAVVYBLOOMS to get a free centerpiece rental with any order over $250 at somethingborrowedblooms.com. Back to the show. So we're going to keep coming back to money no matter what, right? And so having extra money when it comes to wedding time is always on people's minds. We talk often about bride hustles. We need a better non-gendered version of that, but we'll get there. It rhymes with side hustle. Like, what, what do you offer me? <laughs> it is perfect. I know, I know. Um, but so like things that you can really just start doing, you know, when you're in the wedding planning process to increase the cash flow that you have. But you have talked a lot about investing and investment strategies. Do you think it could be a viable idea to create an investing strategy to grow your wedding funds specifically? So my rule of thumb is invest. There's lots of ways to invest, but investing like in the stock market kind of investing, uh, you know, given volatility is like a if it's less than five years, I don't recommend people put money in the stock market to try to invest because, you know, at any given point, look at the pandemic, like things could drop 30%. The last thing you want is to say, ooh, maybe I could grow my wedding budget by 10% if I invest it. And now some time to pay your bills, you're, you've gone down 30%. And like historically, the stock market is volatile. And like in the long run, it's not. 
or it hasn't been. And so my advice is like, if it's sure, if your wedding's in 10 years and you, you're like, you're saving for it now, definitely, I would recommend investing that. But for most people, I don't think they start to put together their wedding funds that far out. The only thing I will say right now is, given where interest rates are in the country, there are a lot of places where you can actually earn a reasonable return, historical reasonable return on your cash. So, you know, my day job, I work at Wealthfront. We have a cash account that pays 2%. So let's say you've saved up $10,000 for your wedding. You know, that's an extra $200, right? It's not going to change the kind of wedding you have, but it's $200. And so, you know, if you're in a situation where you have a bunch of money set aside for your wedding, or maybe you're fortunate and your parents said, hey, here's some money to have your wedding, at least put it somewhere where it's earning you know, right now, I'd say it has to at least earn 2% because I know of a place that you can get 2%. Um, so that is at, uh, that's the extent to which I would invest, um, you know, my wedding funds. Uh, the other alternative would be if there's a, you know, maybe you can open up an account just for your wedding at a bank that maybe gives you some kind of sign up bonus for opening the account, you know, from time to time. When our au pair came here, we opened her up an account uh, that had like a $500 bonus to open up an account. Um, so those would be like two ways to turn the money you have for your wedding into a little bit more, but it's not going to change anything. Uh, you know, the way to save on your wedding is definitely to tackle the cost more than to try to increase what you already have, or maybe say we're willing to try to make more money and do some side hustles like you, you know, or bride hustles or groom hustles. (laughs) Uh, you know, actually I think the groom hustle thing's interesting because in a, Typical wedding plan, I know maybe ours was atypical, but I know that the bride often takes on more responsibility for the planning. So maybe it's, hey, fiance, future husband, if you don't want to take on as much responsibility with the wedding planning, maybe you could go do a few like side hustles and make some money to help pay for it. The bride is the one doing a lot of the planning. And that leads right into our next question, which is really just relationship hacks for navigating wedding planning. What would you say are like your top hacks for working this out with your soon to So it can be very contentious when you're trying to make a decision about do we invite this person or what color are these flowers? So I would say before you try to make the, the nuanced decisions, can you make a list of the big decisions you have to make and agree on who, who cares about what? Because it's really easy to say in advance, do you care about who's on the guest list? No, great. Let's like agree that you don't care who's on the guest list, which is probably the one that's like the least likely to be taken over. But, <laughs> so let's use flowers. It's like, do you care what the flowers look like? No. Can you agree that I'm going to solely make this decision? Great. Now it's not about this flower or this flower. And like now people have opinions. This happens with my wife and I all the time. It's like there are things that if, I, if we just agreed that I wasn't going to decide, it would be fine. But if my wife asks me, I have an opinion that my opinion might not actually matter to the outcome of whatever we're deciding. But like, this is an often case for food. It's like, what are we going to have for dinner tonight? I have an opinion. But also, if I or my wife just decides, it's also fine. And so I think if you can agree, what are the things that you want to be a part of? What are the things that you don't? What are the things that I don't want to be a part of? And you can decide. And like, let's just not have to make those decisions in the future together. And it's like totally fine. And sometimes it feels like, uh, you know, you might want someone else's opinion and that's okay, but you can even be specific, be like, Hey, I'm still going to make this decision, but I'd love your opinion as opposed to, should we invite, you know, uncle Ted to the wedding? You know, now it's like, who's going to decide. I love deciding in advance of all these decisions. Who's actually like, what role we have. It's like, I'm going to decide whether my uncle comes to this wedding, but I'd love to know what you think. 
making sure it's clear who's deciding what, you know, which things are collaborative and not so that you don't have to get into arguments about things that maybe you don't need to. Am I asking for an opinion or am I asking for a decision? If you just feel like you need the validation from your partner, which I think is absolutely fine. But if you're like, you know, I want the validation that they at least like the thing that I picked. That's different from, well, I am prepared to completely shift what my decision has been if they tell me they don't like it and they want something else entirely. So I like that. Getting ahead of what you're even asking for when you do discuss these things. Is it an opinion? Is it a decision? Is it, you know, going to throw you off course completely or are you just asking for some validation? And this isn't just with your partner, right? Like this is with you, depending on your relationship with your oh, family. Yeah. <laughs> like the biggest one for us was the guest list. And so instead of, and I knew it was going to be contentious to be like, hey, mom, is this person coming? Is this person coming? So what we did was we just created some rules around it where we said, okay, mom and dad, here are the two rules. More than 50% of the people at this wedding will be under 40. Also, every person that comes to this wedding needs to be able to stand up and give a toast to and talk about an experience that they had with me or my wife, Amy, and Amy and I need to know and remember that experience. So the fact that your old neighbor held me when I was a baby doesn't matter. I don't have a relationship with them. I can't tell a story about a time I spent with them. Everyone needs to be able to tell a story about a time they spent together from both sides. And so that instead of having to tell my mom, this neighbor of yours is not allowed to come to the wedding, and then she's like, but she's my best friend. And I'm like, I, I just said, Hey, remember that rule we agreed on? Does she meet it? No, she doesn't. She's out. Or, hey, remember how we agreed that more than 50% of the people at this wedding are under 40? Well, that's not the case. So you got to cut. Um, and so, and it was way easier to get our parents to agree to these like concepts because in the abstract, they totally agree that the wedding would be fun if it was a majority of our friends versus their friends. And in the abstract, it would, of course, it would be more fun if everyone at the wedding was like someone who, me and my wife had a connection to like my, my parents totally agreed to those points but in the moment there were people that those things didn't work with and they disagreed but we'd already agreed so we moved past it so these things are important uh you know if you have other stakeholders in the wedding that are in your family absolutely those opinions from family like weigh so heavily i think on couples it's one of the more stressful parts of planning and especially when it comes to the guest list and i think that's such a very clear, like cut and dry, like, is it litmus test? It helps remove some of the emotion from it and that tension that you might feel. So I love that. I think that's great. So we've been focusing a lot on getting ready for this big event, planning your wedding, getting you to the point of being married, having said I do, having signed the thing, here we are, signed, sealed, delivered, right? But when you are actually married, I imagine there's some facts that you could take advantage of that weren't available to you as a single person, like, you know, tax breaks or other things like that. So I would love your expert opinion on what hacks to look out for once you are married. Ooh. This isn't really like unlocked because you're in a relationship, but as you get married, as you, you know, start to make decisions together, as you start to build a family, there's just things that come up in a relationship that are stressful. Um, I think that it's a really good time to think about outsourcing the things that you fight about. And so, you know, an example might be 
you know, cleanliness. It's like if you and your spouse argue all the time about who's going to clean the house and like you hate cleaning, but you know, your spouse thinks that it should be a team thing. Can you hire someone to clean the house? Like, will that just diffuse this thing? There are certain fights that like you shouldn't just outsource and pay someone to resolve. But when there are things that are not too expensive and you can have someone else do them, I think it's awesome. So I say like, go through an inventory of the things you fight about and be like, can we outsource this problem and stop fighting about it? It won't work for everything. But uh, for us, that was one, you know, who was going to get done with, you know, this is less about newlywed and more about having kids, but who's going to get done early enough to cook dinner because we have kids and our, you know, we don't have childcare all, all night. It was like, could we just hire someone who lives nearby to like batch cook a bunch of food and drop it off in Tupperware and we can reheat it like three nights a week so that we could just get a little reprieve on who's going to have to finish work early because we both work. Great. Done. Problem solved. Now we have two kids, so we both have to get off early. So it doesn't matter, but it, it was a short fix. One that sticks out to me, obviously, aside from the tax benefits of being married is health insurance. Being able to join your partner's health insurance, I feel like, is something that um, a lot of people might not think about or maybe take for granted, especially if one of the two of you wants to start a business. And having that safety net of like being able to be on your partner's insurance while you maybe pursue a dream of that sort could be really beneficial and something that most single people can't take advantage of. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I hadn't even thought about that. But as I'm, you know, I've gone through these waves in our lives and careers, or one of us wasn't working, or one of us is starting a company, and we've even taken advantage of it. So I didn't realize I've got new hack in my arsenal of all the hack. <laughs> Chris, you really live up to the name all the hacks, everything you've come up with. And I know you have so many more. So I think anyone listening to this, is going to be definitely wanting to hear more. So can you give our listeners an idea of where to find you, you know, all that good stuff all over the internet? Yeah, I mean, if you're here, you're listening to a podcast. So you can just go search all the hacks and hit the subscribe or follow or whatever app button you have. And every Wednesday and sometimes on Fridays, I release a new episode to help people live a more happy, optimized, wealthier, healthier life. And so, you know, about a third of those episodes are about travel and points and miles and seeing the world but another third are about finance and budgeting and saving and deals and investing. And then the rest are just like everything else from happiness to negotiating to I did this awesome episode about hosting a cocktail party and like how to host the best cocktail parties with this guy who's like literally the expert on hosting cocktail parties and why they're so much better than dinner parties. And here's a hack for newlyweds. Like you're going to start doing more of these like couples hosting things stop with the dinner parties, switch to the cocktail parties. <laughs> it is so much better. It's so much easier and it'll help you build such great relationships. So yeah, just go check out the podcast. I also have a newsletter. Uh, you can go to allthehacks.com slash email and you can go to allthehacks.com slash cards. And that's kind of like usually has my favorite credit card signup bonuses right now that have the biggest you know points earning opportunities. Amazing. Well, this has been so helpful. So many savvy hacks for our listeners to take advantage of. And I can't wait to go listen to more of your podcast episodes as well. Yeah, thanks for having me. You've been listening to The Bouquet Toss, a podcast brought to you by The Budget Savvy Bride. We would love for you to join us in our free private community to get support and inspiration from other couples currently planning their weddings too. Consider the bouquet tossed in your direction so you can rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. As always, stay savvy and stay tuned for our next episode.
Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food. So come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app.